0: Welcome back to the worldview minute here as we continue to talk about truth. uh, I want to give us here a dissection or a laying out of what is truth. When we say the word truth, we are not saying as the world often does that this truth is my truth. I have to find my truth by looking within or find it in my community or my identity. But when we're talking about truth, it's what we mentioned in the last episode that it is true truth. It is truth that is always true. And as we talked about in that episode, we need the necessary foundation for such a truth to exist, which is the God who is there, the God who has spoken, the God who has revealed himself. And so I got seven here, seven uh, things that we talk about when we're speaking about truth. And what is it? How do we define it? And the first is the one I just mentioned. The first is this. Truth is absolute. Whatever is truly true is absolutely true at all times and all places. Now, sometimes we need to be very specific about the truth claims uh, that we are we are making, but that truth is indeed true once we narrow it down in a, a specific way. When we say 2 plus 2 is, is true, or 2 plus 2 equals 4 is true, we mean that it is true in all places and at all times. And there really aren't two different categories of truth. There is not a Fact-value split, as we talked about in an earlier episode. If 2 plus 2 equals 4 is universally true, it's absolutely true in all times and all places, then murder, the wrongful taking of a life, is wrong. It's also not a value. It is not relative to an individual or relative to a culture, but there is an eternal standard that we are appealing to. When we say that that is wrong, that is a universally true or false statement. Whatever is true in any area of life, is true for all times in all situations. Second, truth corresponds with reality. It corresponds to what is there. When we say 2 plus 2 equals 4, it really does equal 4. If I say that there is a yellow tent in my office, if there is a yellow tent in my office, then it is true. If there isn't, then it is indeed false. True, truth is determined by what is actually there. So when we say Jesus is God, that is either a universally true statement, or it is a universally false statement. He either is God, or he isn't God. That it is either true to what is really there, what is re- real, what is reality, what corresponds with what is actually there, or it isn't. To say something is true is not saying, I think it's true, it's not saying that it works for me, it's not saying that I. it makes me feel better, because truth is, as some commentators say, it doesn't care about your feelings, facts don't care about your feelings, Truth doesn't care about your feelings and your feelings should be molded and shaped by what is true. Third, truth is ultimately unified. So we talked about this in an earlier episode that we have today, this problem that we have facts, but there is no unification of the facts. There's no greater truth or grand story that unites them all together. But Christianity makes the claim that truth all finds its coherence in Christ. That Christ is the embodiment of truth, that all things were made by him, for him, and through him, and he holds all things together, and everything is moving to this unification in Christ. But all facts, all true things are related to one another and find their unity and their purpose in the person, and the work, in the kingdom of Christ. So when we talk about truth and ha- establishing a purpose for us, a direction in our life, it is because we don't just have random facts that have no relation to one another, but they're all brought together under this authority and reign of Christ. Fourth, truth is exclusive. When we say one thing is true, we are saying the exact opposite is untrue. It is false. It is does not match with reality. When we say that Jesus is God, that he's been eternally God the Son, to say that Jesus is not God is a contradictory statement. Okay, so when truth is exclusive, when we say that Jesus is God that the God is the triune God of the Bob, of the Bible father son and holy spirit then this means that buddha is not god that uh, allah is not god contradictory statements are not true so whenever we are saying something is true right in the absolute sense not my truth versus, versus your truth it is an exclusive statement the opposite is then therefore not true fifth this means that all truth claims And all knowledge, and that's therefore all education, are not neutral. You can't start in a neutral place. If God has created this world, and he has, he has revealed himself through his creation and through his word, as he has, to start in a spot to say that I'm going to start in a neutral spot and pretend like we don't know if God exists. There is no neutral spot in God's world. You either are aligned with the truth or you are not. Truth in in knowledge and seeking of knowledge is never done neutrally. We live in God's world, this is his world, we either acknowledge him or we don't. The beginning of wisdom, the beginning of knowledge, is the fear of the Lord. You either fear him or you don't. You are either in alignment with him or you are not. There is no neutral ground in God's universe because truth itself is exclusive and you cannot be neutral to it. Sixth, as humans, we can know truth rightly, but we cannot know it exhaustively. Now, we are fallen sinners, right? We were made in God's image so we could know truth, but sin has impacted the totality of us as humans. So our sin often gets in the way of our knowledge. It prevents us from knowing things rightly. It, uh, it makes us distort things and try to fit them into how we would wish the world would be. But we can know things rightly as image bearers, but we are limited. We cannot know things exhaustively. Only God has infinite knowledge. Only God knows all things. You and I do not. So let me, let me give you a, a silly example. right, I have a pair of wool socks from New Zealand. I can rightly know that those are indeed wool socks. I can rightly know that those did come from New Zealand, but I do not exhaustively know all the possible facts about that. I do not know how many different sheep uh, gave up their wool for those pair of socks. I do not know the names of those sheep. I do not know where uh, the name of the farmer who kept and raised those sheep. I do not know the ground that was tilled and the grass molecules that were eaten by those sheep in order to process those um, those food into energy and then make wool. I do not know the name of the driver who drove uh, that wool to the market. I do not know the name of the pilot who flew it overseas to the United States. I don't know lots of things about those socks. I do not have exhaustive knowledge. But I do have some true and right knowledge. So, as Christians, we affirm truth. We affirm that truth really does exist, but we also affirm humility. We are finite, limited individuals who do not have always the God's eye view of things. And we are also sinners who distort truth. But we can know it, but we cannot know purely as God knows. But we also then hem that in with this. But God has spoken, and He has revealed Himself to us. So, we should not be so humble as to say that we can't know any truth. But we can know things rightly, but we cannot know things exhaustively as God does. Seventh, and finally, belief in God is necessary for truth. It's the only foundation. Again, going back to Augustine, I believe so that I might understand, or what Schaefer said, we need an adequate base or foundation to know truth. We live in God's world. God is revealing himself to us all the time through his creation. But if there is no God, there is no truth. There are random facts. There is no unification. There is chaos. There is no order. There is man who is a highly evolved animal, and we can't trust his ability to know. If we want to be able to actually know things, you need a God who is there, a God who is rational, a God who is created, a God who speaks. You need a God who is the God of Scripture. Man in his finite, or in his smallness is not a sufficient reference point to himself, Francis Schaeffer said. And when we reject God, when we kick him out from the process of knowing, we are left with what we have today. Or as Schaeffer put it, we are left in the theater of the absurd. We can't know anything. We can't even know if men are men and women are women. We can't know anything because we've kicked God out from the process of knowing as the necessary foundation. I'll end this um, episode with a quote from Nancy Piercy. She put it this way. Only if God has communicated the infinite reaching down to the finite is it possible to break free, no longer trapped in our individual minds as Enlightenment thinkers were, and as modernism trapped in uh, human reason or trapped in a communal mind as postmodern thinkers were whatever you start determines where you'll end up if you start with only human rationality you're trapped there it's not an adequate foundation for knowledge if you're tracked trapped in relativism and postmodernism then we can't really have truth but if we start with the god who is there the infinite one reaching down speaking to us through his word and through his creation then we have a foundation for truth and knowledge then we can know things then we can rightly know things. Then there is purpose and meaning and unity in this life. Without God, all of that is lost. And that's what we're doing here. True truth does exist because the God who is there has spoken. He has revealed himself to us so that we might know him, we might know ourselves, and we might know creation. So I, env- I encourage you again to like, comment, and share this episode as we continue to unpack this. What is the Christian worldview? Why is it so important? And how does it shape how we think and how we live?